please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. We are coming to um, the end of this chapter. Um, we've got one more chapter in this epistle and we're done. I know that could be another year, somebody said. Okay. <laughs> like I said, I don't want to rush through this. I don't want to take too much time with it either. I'm not, honestly, I am, I'm doing my best to get through it as quickly as I can. Uh, but there's just so much here and I think this is one of those epistles that's for this time, the time that we're living in. Amen. And I just think there's so much going on out there. And, uh, you know, this, because this was the apostle that nobody could kill, you know, and I, I mean, either way, the devil couldn't kill him with sickness and disease and the government couldn't kill him with arrows and spears and swords and everything else. And I think we're living in those kind of times now, <laughs> you know, uh, and we need to know. And it's a funny thing. I think sometimes we don't realize how things connect to each other. You know, we, we think, well, what does it matter if I don't love someone on this side? How is it going to, you know, make a difference in my financial situation? Shouldn't I be doing financial things? And it's a funny thing, you know, in God's kingdom uh, that is connected to the other. And you do what is right over here and things will start working over there. And it opens doors. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. And that's really what the enemy has done for so long is to keep things separated, compartmentalized, right. so that you don't know that doing this actually affects that. That's really what the Word of God does. It is here to help us to see the connections between things. We're going to continue on to verses 19 through 21 today in First John chapter 4. And uh, the Apostle John now shifts his focus from assurance for that final day of judgment, remember we were looking at that before, to the practice of love among God's children and the lack of love amongst those who abandon them and now persecute them. He begins in verse 19 by reminding us of a truth that he had brought out earlier in 1 John 4.10, we'll look at it in a minute, by saying, we love him. So we're in 1 John 4.19. He says, we love him because he first loved us. Now, I want you to notice that he says that our love for him comes because he first loved us. Now, he brought this out in 1 John 4.10 in a different way. When he said, this is 1 John 4.10 now, he said, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he said, listen, this is what love is all about. It isn't that we loved him, it's that he loved us first. Are you all with me? And he says, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. And so in other words, he's saying, listen, we understood and we saw God's love in what he did. It wasn't in what he said, it was in what he did. He did something for us. He sent his son to die for us. And we saw that and realized God must really love us. In fact, that's why Jesus said, for God so loved the world. Amen? And he was talking about himself when he said that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. So, accordingly, in his commentary, Colin G. Cruz writes, John, oh, excuse me, God showed his love for us first by sending his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. As the author has already made clear in 1 John 4.10, those who are the beneficiaries of that love, love God in return. Now, because we are the beneficiaries, of, because we receive something from that, because we are saved, okay? Because we are blessed, because we are part of his family. 
You know, that's why he started saying, behold, you know, what manner of love is this? First John 3, 1, when he says that we should be called the children of God. And then he says in verse 2, now are we the children of God. So that, that's huge. Amen. So we are the beneficiaries of all of this. And because of that, we love him and we appreciate him. And that's the reason why I think thankfulness is, should play a huge part in our lives. We should always be grateful and thankful to God for everything that we have. You know, I think sometimes we look too much at the things we don't have. Pause for effect. No. <laughs> okay, no. But it is true. You know, I, I think sometimes we, we think about all the things we don't have and we're complaining more than giving thanks. And can I say this? If we give thanks to God, it changes who we are as well, by the way. And it opens a door in the spirit for God to bless us more and more. Amen. Remember again that God is spirit and therefore invisible to us. Now, why am I bringing that out? Because, see, the only way that we could ever love him was for him to first reveal himself to us in some way. Amen. How could you love something that you don't know exists? You can't see anything. You know what I'm trying to say? All right. And, and, and it's impossible. And the only way that we could love him is if he manifested himself in some way. That's why Jesus Christ is so important. See, a lot of people say, well, you believe in Jesus and we believe in something else. No, listen, Jesus wasn't just a man. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, Jesus Christ was God himself manifested in the flesh. So we could literally see him, talk to him and find out what he was really like. And that's why it was so important and why we named this church the way we did when Jesus said, listen, it is the thief. You've thought this all of your life, but let me, let me straighten your thinking now. He said it is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If anything is taken from your life, it's not me. Because he turned around then and said, this is John 10, 10, by the way. He turned around and says then, I have come to give you life, and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. Life to the full. And when you take that and you match it up with when Philip says, you know, show us the Father. And he says to Philip, have, you, have I not been with you so long? He said, don't you, if you've seen me, I'll shorten it. Okay, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And listen to me, then I can extend that and say, if you heard me, you've heard the Father. Can I say that? Is that okay? All right, with that, okay. All right. In other words, Jesus, remember Jesus said, I only speak the words that God gives me. It, it was another way of saying, listen, I am a reflection of God. Down here, everything that God thinks and everything that he wants to say, I'm saying. Are you all with me? And so remember the apostle John was there listening to all of this. Now there is a key as well. He understood the importance of what, you know, what was going on. He understood the importance of love. And we're going to see how many times Jesus said to love. And so he picked up on that, all right? But the thing was that he got to see God's love in Jesus. Amen? He got to experience it. And because Jesus came and, you know, God manifested himself in that way, now we can read and we can see. I'm, you know, I'm doing a study on the life of Jesus. It's going to take us forever to get through. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to speed it up now. But, you know, <laughs> but there was so much there that was revealed. And thank God that Jesus came. That's why the Gospels are so important. I know a lot of people say we should be spending more time in the Epistles. But can I just say the Epistles are based on the Gospels. They are based on what Jesus said. Because that was God in the flesh. Amen? 
Amen. And so once again, because, uh, getting back to the point I was making, because he manifested himself, we saw what God was like when he said, you know, let the children come to me. Amen. We, we started to see his heart and we could see, you know, when the woman that was taken adultery, you know, was brought to him, instead of judging her, he loved her and judged everybody else that judged her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Amen. Uh, and uh, we, we started to see something about God that we just never knew. Because everybody else thought, well, you, you know, they, they were ready to stone her because they thought that's what God wanted. Are you all getting this? Jesus said, no, that's not what I want. That's what you want. And you're doing that in the name of religion. Stop it. Amen. Moving on. That being said, I have martial rights. It is good for us constantly to renew our knowledge of God's love as we read of it in the Bible, as we hear it proclaimed in the worship of the church, and as we consider the ways in which our whole life has been molded by experiences of God's love and care for us. I really like that last part especially. Okay, and, you know, I don't think this is just about what we read and not just about what you hear in church. It's about your life. It's about the little things that happen in your life and you go, oh, thank you, God. The things that we thought that we weren't that important and God just comes through and does something. And it just blesses us. And we didn't even ask. You know, those are the ones that really bless you, don't they? <laughs> okay. so, continuing on. Thomas F. Johnson says that it is God's love which enables authentic agape love amongst Christians. Now, let me stop here for a minute. I really like what he says here. He says, it is God's love which enables. See, we wouldn't be able to do this if we didn't have God's love in us. Are you all with me? And that's why he's, you know, I, I really like that he says it is God's love. And I'd like to add in us. Okay, remember Romans 5.5? 5, 5, all right, that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. All right, it says it is God's love. And I'd like to add in us, which enables authentic Agape love amongst Christians. Agape is the God kind of love. It's, 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 the, it's an original uh, version of that word. Okay, And sometimes they use that to, to um, identify God's love as opposed to other kinds of love. Okay, Romantic love and love for your kids and all that sort of stuff. All right? And your cat and your dog. They're all different loves. Uh, you know, we, we have the same word, but the Greek has four different words. Uh, and so, anyway, so this, this is one of those words, and it is the highest form of love that there is. So sometimes commentators use that, and I'm sorry that he does here. So anyway, he says it is God, God's love which enables authentic agape love among Christians. The self-sacrificing nature of divine love calls forth among believers the same grateful response of co costly love in return, both to God and to one another. So... I want you to notice that it is a self-sacrificial love as well. It is a, a love that goes beyond what you're comfortable doing. Amen? But can I say this? Please don't do it out of guilt. Don't do it out of compulsion. Okay? You need to do it as you're led by the Spirit. Because if you are Spirit-led in what you do, then God will enable you to do those things. And also, He will bless you in your doing. In other words, as you step out, God's anointing and blessing will be there so that whatever you're doing won't fall back, you know, you won't fall flat on your face. 
<laughs> okay, won't come back to bite you sort of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Because sometimes we can do things that are, because we are guilted into it, because somebody like me gets up here, but not me because I won't do this to you, okay? Uh, you know, some minister gets up and says, we have to love, the, the Bible commands us to love, and so you don't have a choice in this, so you better love, and you know, whoever you've got a problem with, go and you know, repent right now, and go and tell them how much you love them, you know, bake a cake or whatever, do something, you know, and, and sometimes you go do stuff like that. They're not ready, they didn't hear the sermon. They're looking out their window going, why are you parking in front of my door? I, I'm not here. You know, remember the old song? Who can it be now? Who can it be knocking at my door? Go away. I don't know. <laughs> I love that song. Okay. <laughs> Probably describes a lot of us in this room. Anyway. <laughs> Without saying. Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, uh, people are not ready for you coming out doing stuff. You got the sermon preached. They didn't. They're still, you know, they're still looking at you like, hmm. That's why I say, please don't do anything out of the, you know, that you're not led by the Spirit to do. If you're led by the Spirit to do something, even though you may not be ready, means they're ready. Maybe they were sitting there and they were thinking and they were you know, uh, reminiscing over something and thought, how come you know, we're not friends anymore? I'm trying to think of a nice way of putting this, okay? You know, what happened along the way? And they start thinking about it and think, you know what? Whatever it was, it was probably not worth it. And they're ready for you now. God says, go now. And you go, no, 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 they still hate me. And God says, no, now's the time. Now, go now. Because you need to catch them right then. Everything in God's time. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's move on. <clears throat> Continue on to verse 20. Yep, we'll go to the next verse. The apostle John goes on to say there, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Now, I really love this. He's, he's bringing something out that is very significant now, okay? We're going to spend a little bit of time on this because of what is actually being said here. People can say all kinds of things. And I want you to notice that the Apostle John uses the word says to let us know what they're claiming to do, okay? And he says, uh, in fact, he says, if someone says, I love God. And remember, these are the people that he's talking, the people he's talking about, let me remind you a little bit, are the people that left them. These are the people that not only left the congregation, but were persecuting them as well. Remember, that's why he went on in, or for, before this, quite a ways back. Remember he said, these are the children of God and these are the children of the devil. Remember I told you we're not talking about just normal unbelievers here. Okay, we are talking about people that are literally being led by the devil. All right, you're with me now? So don't think of your relatives and stuff, okay? <laughs> These are bad people, all right? These are very bad people. You say, well, you don't know my relatives. Well, I don't want to know. Okay, so <laughs> we are walking in love today. All right. <laughs> but the thing is that, remember that he is talking about some very extreme people here. So these people didn't only leave, that they were, and you think, well, how can the people be, you know, there be people that sort of come to a church like that, then leave, and then cause all these problems. That's the whole reason they probably came to the church. They were religious. They were looking for something, and there was reality there, not religion. You know people get turned off by reality when all they want is religion. Listen, because they're two different things. That's why what I try to share with you here are, are real things. I try to bring reality into your life because it's only 
if you have sort of real understanding of this, will you be able to apply it in your life? Amen? I don't want to get up here and tell you stories and stuff, and then you kind of go, okay, well, that was nice and religious, and we can go home now without any responsibilities. <laughs> right? Every time you hear something, you're responsible to do it. I'm responsible to teach it so that you understand how and what to do with it. After that, it's up to you to do it. That's not my responsibility. <laughs> okay? Some people say, how can you, you know, not you, okay, not you. But some people have said, how can you, you know, put up with people that sort of come and they listen to you, you know, messages and they don't seem to change. They're the same. That's not my responsibility. If I'm teaching badly, then it's my fault. If they're not doing stuff, I'm doing my best and, you know, I can see, a, a, you know, enough of you and all of you, okay, uh, doing it, you're getting it, then that's it. I know I'm doing my job, you know, at least sufficiently for most of people to get it, okay? But again, you know, as Jesus used to say, he says, those who have ears, let them hear. Which means everybody has ears, but not everybody wants to hear. Amen. I don't know where I'm going today. All right, let's... <laughs> so getting back to this, notice he says, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. And so, again, he's talking about those people that say one thing and do something else. Those that departed from them and continued to persecute them. And that's why he says those people that say one thing and then persecute us actually don't love us. <laughs> right? They literally hate. And, you know, it, whatever they're saying about them loving God is absolute lies. This, I'll, I'll show you something in a minute. Thomas F. Johnson puts it like this. He says, I love God was on their lips. But their actions gave us a contrary testimony. Are you all with me? Amen? This is no different. I'm going to give you some insight into this. To those that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23. Where he says, not everyone who says to me. This is Matthew chapter 7. Oh, sorry. I'll, sorry, my wife. Matthew chapter 7. Beginning in verse 21. Jesus says, watch this, listen carefully to what he says. Not everyone who says to me, I'm going to emphasize a word now, because people read this stuff and they get all nervous, okay? Watch this, in relation to what the Apostle John is saying when he says, if someone says, someone says, says I love God and hates his brother, okay? He says he's a liar. Let, watch this now. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me, you're getting where I'm coming from, okay? In that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. People read this and get so nervous. They think, oh my God, I've done all of that stuff. And, and Jesus is going to say, like what they're going to say in verse 23, and then I will declare to them, Matthew 7, 23, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. lawlessness. It's like, but Jesus, that was me, man. What, what is this? And you go to hell after doing all this stuff for him. You know, they, I, I, I don't, the number of people that have come up, you know, when we were in the building, used to come up to my office, all, all nervous about this, because I'd minister on some of these things, and they'll come up to me with these scriptures, and go, how oh, do we, you know, you never know. <laughs> and I said, you missed what he said. Did we not see something? Notice something here. Let, let's go back to verse 21. He says, not everyone who says, I, I want to point something out, okay? Catch this. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But watch this. But he who does. 
Not he who says, but he who does. The Apostle John said, they'll say we love God, but they hate us. What they do is something else. All right? So Jesus says, it's not what you say, it's what you do. Now, then he goes on to say, many will say to me, see, again, you know, sometimes I just think, why do I have to explain these things? But anyway, okay. <laughs> let me explain it to you. All right? Don't get religious in your brain when you're reading this. Can you all do that for me? Everybody stop being religious right now. Okay, no. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. All right, listen. Listen carefully. Jesus says, many will say to me in that day all of these things. All right? He'll declare to them, I never knew you. And then he's going to reveal why he said that. He says, you who practice lawlessness. You say these things, but what you do is totally contrary to what you say. Don't think that what you say is going to get you in. It's what you do that's going to get you in. Now, if what you're saying matches up with what you do, then you get in. <laughs> okay? I'm sorry, I really need to make this as clear as possible. Okay? So if you say you've done all these things and you did... You're in. And Jesus won't be on vacation that week. <laughs> okay? That you did all these amazing things. And Jesus said, oh, I was off in another galaxy. I'm so sorry I missed that one. No, but we really did. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there, was I? As if. Okay? Remember, he's everywhere all the time. He knows everything that you're thinking. He knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He's got less to carry, worry about on mine. Okay, <laughs> the number is decreasing slowly. Okay, but, but the thing is, in Jesus' name, I call more hair. Anyway, uh, I just had to throw that one in. Okay, so <laughs> continuing on. <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, he's not going to be away somewhere while you do stuff. And he says, well, I don't know. That is never going to happen. See, we think in human terms. We can't. We need to think in God terms. When he says they're going to say this, but what they are doing is something totally opposite, tells us something that he was there while they were doing everything that they thought God wouldn't know. He was there for all of it. They didn't repent over any of it, by the way. Are you all with me? I'm going to show you some examples in a minute. Okay. And... Out of all of that, they just thought, well, all I have to do is say, I did all these things. And somebody goes, oh, wow, you did? Oh, come on in. Not going to happen? They're going to look at the books and go, oh, well, you say you've done a lot of stuff, but nothing is recorded. Are you sure you said <laughs> people will lie? Jesus won't. They will. If Jesus says, I never knew you, see, that's something else. That's another clue because he knows all of his sheep. Do you know that? If you're one of his, he knows you. Now, you might be a naughty sheep. Okay? Now, now I'm going to make a point here as well. You might be a very naughty sheep. Yes, brother, I'm the black sheep of the family. Well, I'm pretty close to it. Okay? <laughs> the thing is, you're still a sheep. You're still one of his. Naughty, but you're still one of his. So he's not going to turn you away because you're still one of his. When he says, I never knew you, it means that they were doing something, maybe in his name, but without becoming one of his. 
Are you all with me? Okay, now I can move on. Turning the page, how, how long have I been going for? Oh, oh, I have 10 left. Okay, <laughs> really? Okay, so here again we see these individuals saying one thing and doing another. We know this to be true because even though they say that they prophesied in his name and cast out demons in his name and did many wonders in his name, Jesus totally contradicts it all by saying to them what they actually did was the very opposite what they actually did. Did you hear me? Okay. Was the very opposite of what they were saying and that was practicing lawlessness. That's what they did. Okay. In other words, people like this will always exist and we shouldn't be surprised when their claims and their actions totally contradict each other. You know, family, we really need to come, come out of this bubble, all right, where somebody says, I'm a Christian. <gasps> oh, really? So I'll trust you. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you might say, well, brother, listen, man, I'm giving you some wisdom here. Why do they need to tell you they're a Christian? If there's money involved and they're saying they're a Christian, then I would really question why they told you that. It's like the guy that says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You have to believe me. Why did you have to say that? Now I'm doubting. Right up to that point, it was okay. But when you said I had to believe you, when you try, insisted that you... I, I think thou doth protest too much. Something behind that. Are you all with me? Just be careful. You know, people that are honest don't have to say that. When they say something, they, they're honest enough... For, for, for their reputation to carry whatever they say. You know that normally what they say is true. So if they say even something, you know, like a UFO come and landed on my, on my roof, you'll believe it because every other time they've told you the truth. This is not a boy that cried wolf. Are you all with me? You can trust this person. Okay, <laughs> so I've said here, people like this, people who say one thing and do something else will exist. You need to be aware of that. Amen? Continuing in his commentary, Colin G. Cruz explains, the love relationships believers have with God, if it is real, now listen, this is, this is key, all right? If it is real, will manifest itself in their love for Christian brothers and sisters because there is such a necessary connection between love for God and love for fellow believers. In other words, he's saying, listen, if you do have this love for God, if it is a real thing, then you will carry it out of your prayer room. Okay, I'm, I'm assuming that that's where you have your interaction with God. And your prayer room can be anywhere. All right? You'll carry it out with you wherever you go. Because that love will be around you and in you. And it'll be very hard for you to be something other than loving towards people. Because that's all you have. That's all that's in you. Are you all with me? Okay, and so that, that's really what the Apostle John is letting us know that, you know, whatever you are actually on the inside, you can say things. You can say stuff that we can't, we can't really measure. And we're going to see something about that in just a minute as well. But I want you to notice what, what we're finding out is that if the love is there, it'll be shown. It'll come out in different ways. Amen? Love for God will come out in love for believers. All right. Remember when Jesus asked what was the greatest commandment and he answered with two scriptures? Remember one relating to loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Remember that? That was from the Old Testament, by the way, in Deuteronomy 6.5. And the other was relating to loving your neighbor as yourself. That was in Leviticus 19.18. 
And he did this to show, no, no, he didn't give one or the other, he gave both. Remember that? Okay? He did this to show that love for God and love for your neighbor cannot be divided. Did you get that? In other words, if you love God, you're going to love your neighbor. And let me say this. If you do love your neighbor, it'll show that you have a capacity to love God. I didn't say you're loving God, but you've got a capacity. Because there are some people out there, you know, real sweet people out there that aren't saved still. And they love people, and that shows you something, that they have, they will have, they have such a capacity to love God, it's a shame that they don't know God. You know what I'm trying to say? That's why you want to introduce them to God, not to religion. You want to introduce them to God and let them have a relationship with God. Whether they go to church or not, it's a whole other thing. That they have that relationship with God is important. Because then there is a love there that can express itself. It's already expressing in the people around. And it can be rewarded for the love that it's expressing. And also blessed in that love. So that people don't take advantage. Okay. And I've said here, anyone claiming otherwise, that is loving God and not being able to love your neighbor, is a liar. Okay, you, you love God, you love your neighbor. Amen? So, so following this, the Apostle John now goes into saying, the latter half of verse 20, I'm back in 1 John 4.20, and how much time do I have left or do I need to quit here? Five minutes. Let's see, we, we might come back to this, but let me just make mention of this, okay? Where he says in the latter half of verse 20, he says, For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? You see where this is going now. Amen? It's very easy to say you love someone that nobody can see. We don't know what all you're doing. <laughs> okay? But we can see what you're doing to the people around you. Amen. And can I just say this? Uh, we, we'll, we'll stop there. Uh, can I just say this? If you have a love for God, listen to me. God loves, for God so loved the world. Remember that? Okay, let me apply this now. God so loved the world, which means if you love God, then God in His love for you will also show you His love for others. And you will begin to see other people through His loving eyes and begin to love them the way He loves them. Even if you had an issue with them before, suddenly you'll see things through different eyes. Are you all with me? And because of that, it's impossible to come out of a you know, time with God who is love. Remember, God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. You, it is impossible to come out of a time with a God who is love and hate people. <laughs> it just doesn't work. I have to question who you're fellowshipping with in your prayer time then. Because it ain't God, it's something else. Amen. I don't have time to go into that today. But sometimes people go in the prayer room and God ain't there. There's me, myself, and I, you know, <laughs> okay? And we talk to ourselves and we come out making certain resolutions, thinking that God said something. God didn't get a word in edgeways. That was just you. You had a quiet time with yourself. <laughs> okay? Can I just say this? How do you know? How do you know? I, 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 let me not leave you there because that's a really bad place to leave you. How do you know that God has talked to you? Can I just say this? If you go in there and the first thing that you do is say, God, whatever sins I've committed, if I've wronged anyone or you in any way, please forgive me right now. And you go into a, a place of submission to God. And as soon as you do that, the first thing that he'll do is say, yeah, there were a couple of things that you need to take care of. And you go, oh, sorry, see, already you're talking to him now. 
get it. And you say, sorry, God, and now you're showing that you're ready to receive whatever he has for you. And then he'll start talking to you. He'll go, okay, now that that's out of the way, let's go on. Because he can't talk to you until you come into the light. If you are in the light as he is in the light. Remember the Apostle John talked about darkness and you being in darkness and you're coming into the light? You have to come into the light. He's, he, see, if you're trying to stay in the darkness, even if he comes toward you, you'll see the light coming toward you and you'll run. Because you want to be in darkness. So you need to come to him. <laughs> okay? Otherwise, the light's following you and you're running away. It's, it's like, let's not do that anymore, shall we? Let's, I'll just stay here and you come to me. Isn't that smart? Okay? <laughs> All right? And let me just say this. As you do, then you'll begin to love people the way God loves people. It will be a genuine love. Remember he talked about an agape love? It will be a genuine love that he has for them coming out of you and they will sense and they will know that this love isn't fake this love isn't guilt <laughs> okay somebody talked to you and said you have to okay this love is coming from inside it's coming from a deep place and they're going to receive it and can i say they will respond in like hallelujah amen we'll go and look at all of that next time sorry i was trying to get through further, but, you know, that's, that's where it is, and that's where it is. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for just all the wisdom and the revelation that we're receiving. We thank you, Father, that this is what made the Apostle John impossible to kill. <laughs> he just walked in this kind of love. He understood the importance of staying connected to you and making sure that he walked in love so that God, who is love, could play a great part in his life, could protect him, could look after him, could empower him. And we just thank you that we want to do the same. We want to live a life that allows you to be a part of it and allows you to bless us in the most difficult times to cause the supernatural to come to pass in our life and to make the impossible possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Father, for your divine protection over each of them. Hallelujah. I thank you for your blood that covers them. It keeps them safe. It is the blood that was shed so that we could be healed and restored and receive miracles in our life. And so we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that each and every individual here is protected in a divine way. There is divine protection over them, Father. And I thank you that any sickness, any disease, any virus, anything that tries to come close to them or jump on them in some way, we just rebuke it. We just thank you, Lord, that it just dies on contact in the name of Jesus. That doesn't mean that we are unwise in where we go and what we do. But if the devil sets a trap and, and we're doing everything we, knew, we know to do, then you will look after it. Hallelujah. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus, first of all. Second, Father, I pray for divine favor. Especially in these times, Father, I thank you that your favor is all over us. And I thank you, Father, that if anybody is considering anyone to do anything that they're willing to pay for, we are, we're just, top on the, just right on top in the list in the name of Jesus. Somehow our file gets to the top. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our name finds its way to the top. And we just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for that for each individual here.
that they are blessed. And I thank you, God, that you bring in blessings from just surprising places as well. That is not things that they could even know to ask you. But it found, found its way to them. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for multiplying what they have in their household. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, that when you didn't have any bread, Jesus, when you wanted to feed the thousands, you took what was there and you just multiplied it and multiplied it and multiplied it and there were baskets left over. And we thank you, Lord. That may not happen in that way, but things can last longer than they should in our household. We can learn of ways to do things that we never did before. And so we just thank you, Father, that you do that for each and every individual here. And Father, I also pray in this coming week, I thank you for your hand of blessing on each person here. I thank you, Lord, that wherever they go, whatever their hand touches, that it prospers in the name of Jesus. I thank you for excellence in everything that they do. I thank you for fruitfulness and productiveness. I thank you, Father, that they just glow. They literally shine wherever they go in the name of Jesus. That you make your face shine upon them and they shine to the world. Hallelujah. And I thank you for their homes. I thank you for peace in their homes. As much as provision and protection. I thank you for joy in their hearts, Father, that it is their strength. And I thank you in everything that they do, that they are led by your Spirit. That there is nothing the enemy can come and sneak up on them and do. You look after that. And we just give you the praise and the glory for your hand on our life, for your blessing in our life, for your protection, and for your provision. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here on such a day as this. And you are dismissed.